0: Hello, hello, welcome to Tassiography. I'm River Kenna, and today I am actually the guest of the show, and I got Tashin to agree to interview me about a phrase that's near and dear to my heart, we are here to renew the sacred. Today's episode is sponsored by the Norns. Turns out that Scandinavian folk tales are real,
1: and their gods love me quite a bit, so that's good to know. Let's get started. Cool. So I guess we're here today to turn the microphone to you and hear about a phrase that you have brought into the world. We're here to renew the sacred, which I love and would love to hear more from you about. Yeah. Can you just share like what this phrase is about for you and where it came from and what it means to you?
0: Yeah. We are here to renew the sacred. There's an enormous amount going on in there for me, but a big part of the whole idea is just that we have so many manifestations of the sacred that, you know, have stuck around all through history. They've cropped up, turned into one thing or another, this religion, that tradition, and they've stuck around for hundreds of years, thousands of years, and they're great and I love them, and I am so happy that we have them. But, (laughs) yeah, getting stuck on them, getting stuck on particularly the very old ones that, you know, were the fruits of cultures that were incredibly different from us and from people who were incredibly different from us, it cuts off this ability to continuously touch back in, to continuously renew what's there, to find new ways of expressing it and to find ways that... You know, in every age, there's us, there's the sacred, and there's a lot of layers in between that come down from your family, your culture, your time and history. The way that we navigate what is between me, here, now, this experience, and the sacred, the thing beneath words, beneath existence, beneath history. The way that we navigate the layers between those has to change over time because the layers themselves change enormously. I am not a Tibetan peasant in, you know, 700 AD. You are not, I don't know, a Japanese monk living on a mountainside in the 1700s, right? The layers between our own lives and the depths of the sacred may change even when the sacred itself remains what it is. And it feels kind of tragic to me when there's these attempts to kind of pin down one particular expression and to pin down the whole world around that expression. I grew up in, you know, a fairly fairly extreme version of one of these, a pretty strong Christian fundamentalism where, yeah, biblical literalism, this book is the actual literal history. And, for example, after Job, after His children all died, and his house fell down, and he lost everything. What did he do? He wandered out into the desert to speak in poetry for seven days. And that is just literal, actual, historical truth. Right? And we see a lot of other versions similar to this around the world, where basically once there has been an expression of something sacred, once something has been brought back up, through the layers of culture and history and personality and situation, once it has come up from that sacred place into this world where we are, it's unchangeable. You're not allowed to move forward from that, alter it, find new expressions. Almost every religion has kind of a locking point where this is the cap, right? Everything before this, it was fine to express the sacred. God could speak through you. The sacred could bring itself through you. But now we're pretty much done. All of it is back there. And yet yeah, it's this very particular pinning down move that takes away a lot from our experience of the world, from our experience of who we are and what reality is. It removes things from us that we are no longer able to touch back in with, right? But we get these attempts to pin things down, to constantly anchor back to something else that is not a part of our life world, that is not really, you know, that has a lot to show us and has built a lot of structure for us and has laid down a huge amount and been woven through our culture and changed and transformed and moved through everything. But there's these attempts to make sure that those are the end, that we can't renew the sacred in any meaningful way, except by repeating and nodding and agreeing with what has already been said right? What would Jesus say? What would Buddha say? What would Zarathustra say about this particular thing? And we're not really able to deviate significantly from that. Even when we, you know, follow these teachings and move more deeply into the sacred, into the depths of reality, and we come back bringing something that is fresh and alive and holy and absolutely here for us, And for a lot of people, that is immediately heresy, or it's some cheap trick, or it's just shut up, listen to your betters, etc. That seems incredibly tragic to me, and there's an abdication involved in that. We're giving up our own ability to touch in with the sacred, for ourselves to touch in with it. We're giving up our ability to dive in and bring things back from this current that is always beneath words, that is always underneath day-to-day life. And we can just go there (laughs) like we have the capacity and we have always had the capacity to just dip back into that, to find ways moving through that and to allow it to express itself in our lives, to allow it to express ourselves, to express itself in our world, in our words, in art or writing or just the relationships that we move through life with we're always able to touch back in and allow that to express itself through us and this is one of the main functions really of humans and of culture you can't suppress the artistic or spiritual impulse there's not been a single culture as far back as we can find that i've ever heard of that did not create create art, that did not express themselves spiritually, that didn't come together in ritual and community to do these things, to look deep into reality and bring out what is there beneath what we can see and hear, right? And there's just no way to disown that. It's very unhelpful to deny our own ability and to deny our own urges to do that in favor of This pinning down move where we can just jump back in history and try to choose a save point where just we can pin the world down to, nope, this is where they knew the sacred. This is the time when the sacred expressed itself in the world and when it was okay to move with the depths of reality, to allow the depths of reality to express themselves into a particular time, place, culture, person, etc., back then was where it was and we're just going to pin it down there and keep applying that to our own times worlds cultures persons all of this that's a yeah it's a pretty strong way of disowning this core human impulse and of funneling it off towards you know other side concerns not using it to actually dive into the depths of what we're here for
1: Is there a metaphor or image that captures this and, and maybe also like a metaphor image that captures what not renewing the sacred would look like? The image that always comes to me is like this, basically
0: like there's this layer beneath everything that is just burning and alive and moving and incredibly generative and protective and life-giving. Kind of like the, I mean, kind of like the under layers of the earth, basically, where we all live on this particular thin layer of, you know, dirt and trees and rock and everything. And if you go down enough layers, you get to stuff like the mantle of the earth, this burning, bubbling, churning magma that yeah affects all of our lives even though we never see it there's you know it erupts up into this world through volcanoes and powers geothermal energy and in the deeper layers it's connected with like the magnetic field that protects all the life on earth right and even things like the rest of the you know the movements of tectonic plates on top of this we get these mountain ranges that jut up and then crumble away. And this is part of the process, right? That it has to stay on the move. If that, you know, if those under layers of the earth stop moving, stop having that heat, that fire, that generative pressure and tension that erupts up and affects us, if all of that stops, we are on a dead rock. There is nothing to protect us, nothing to generate life. It's over, right? Earth is done, if all of that stops being on the move. And for as long as it is on the move, mountain ranges are going to crumble away and new ones will come up. Continents will crash into each other, drift across seas. Earthquakes will do what earthquakes do. But it will always be something renewing, something new happening, something new jutting up. And when we try to do this thing where we pin in place, whatever is there from before. It's like trying to stop a mountain range from wearing away. You just can't do it. If you try to pin things in place and stop them from moving, you kill it. James Hillman actually has a metaphor for this in some of his alchemical talks around the fire and the oven, basically where. In alchemy, the fire is this, you know, it's the warm, generative life giving principle, but it can also run out of control if you just let fire spread everywhere. So you need an oven to control the flame, but because you know, the iron, the oven cannot create fire, cannot create life. It can only provide a place for it to be generative. And if the oven does its job too well and crushes the fire that fire is just gone. You can't bring that one back. You have to start a new fire, right? And again, this renewing the sacred. When the old things fall away, when they get crushed, when they crumble, it is always here for us. It is always available to renew the sacred, to start a new fire. And then that one will also go out. That mountain range will also crumble away. But then it will be renewed again, again, again. And yeah, we see this in a lot of these older traditions that really, I'm talking more about the ones that really pin down a particular worldview, a particular time, place, and culture. This is kind of a spectrum. Everyone does it to some degree, even on individuals. We hold on to particular views that were there when we were like 12 about what felt most real, or about some acid trip we had when we were 20, where we glimpsed the mystic depths of reality. And we're still sticking with that, even though it's not particularly where we're at anymore, if we would look around and notice, but there's a spectrum here where on the one hand, some people are just saying we cannot move forward because there's nothing new. Sacred revelation was done hundreds, thousands of years ago. It's finished. We just live in that world now. And the more a person or tradition subscribes to that view, the more someone really tries to just pin down the past and hold reality in place like that, the more brittle that worldview becomes. It can just shatter immediately on contact with anything new, right? If you're not renewing the sacred, everything about your life has become brittle. It will be very easily broken on meeting with reality, whereas if the expectation is simply, yes, that the fire goes out and you have to restart it, the mountains crumble and new ones will come. When the expectation is there that the the sacred can be constantly renewed, that we can touch in with the depths of reality, that we can really just sink down through who we are, through who our, what our culture is, through our time and place, and touch the deeper strata of reality, and then allow them to come through us, there's just an expectation there that, you know, there's nothing to be brittle. If something breaks, something else comes along. Everything becomes much more flexible, much more... Alive. Yeah, it's a living system. Instead of a dead thing that can be shattered, it's a living thing that can heal, that can grow. Do you
1: remember how this phrase originated for you?
0: I actually don't. (laughs) I think it was one of those things where, yeah, it kind of originated from itself. Like I was spending a lot of time in deep meditation, in the imaginal, in somatic stuff. And this idea, has always been a big part of how I carry myself. Like it's been present in a lot of my life. I just didn't have a phrase for it. And at a certain point, I just kept finding myself doing it over and over again. And yeah, the phrase just kind of bubbled up and it just clearly described something I was already doing, something I was already seeing. So it's kind of an example of itself, right? This is not a new idea that the sacred renews itself. This is just my particular expression. When I dove down, hung out, this is the thing that expressed itself through me. This is the way that
1: it came out. What does the we're here to part of it mean to you?
0: Hmm. Yeah, this one's... Yeah, so this one's going to get a little further out into my own personal woo at the moment.
1: I guess that's what we're here for.
0: <laughs> In a very wide sense, it can just kind of mean whatever your personal view of it is, right? It's very flexible. For me personally, it is definitely infused with a sense of multiple lifetimes, with a sense of something it can do at reincarnation. Basically, that this is not the only time we are here, that lifetime after lifetime, you know, if not me personally, this me, this ego, something that is moving through us that does continue lifetime to lifetime through this world, it is here on a mission. <laughs> and that mission is something like renewing the sacred, whatever that means. And Yeah, that's actually probably a good point to bring up, that, like, I don't think any, certainly I can't, and I don't think any particular person can do very much work on defining what renew the sacred means. It does seem like there is kind of a transpersonal aspect of us, something beyond this life and this ego, that is doing that work through us. And we can attune ourselves to what wants to be done here, to what wants to move through us, to what is expressing itself through us, and really leaning into that. But this phrase, yeah, this is bringing up the ways in which this phrase is much more of an invitation than a specific, I don't know, not command or, but yeah, that it's very much just an invitation to open up to, okay. What wants to be coming through? What does an expression and renewal of the sacred look like right here, right now, where I am? And how can I deepen into that a little more? And yet, for me personally, that very much ties into a vision of myself as a being with a longer lifetime than just this one single human life, as something that is, I can do my part of it while I'm here but there's a lot of it that I'm never going to see, that I'm never going to understand, but I can still do my part of it, essentially. And it also connects a lot to... Like, I talk a lot about imaginal work, and one of the few things that you find in common across different definitions of imaginal is that it is something in between. It is liminal, it is a space between things. And yeah, there's this kind of idea where when we go to the imaginal, one of the things that we are doing is visiting this in-between space and finding stuff there that wants to be brought through, that wants to be given form, that wants to manifest itself in our world. Like literally find, I mean, manifest means obvious. It wants to be made obvious in our world. Whether that's through literally physically creating something or through expressing an idea or simply holding ourselves in relationship in particular ways. This is a lot of, this isn't everything. It's not even most of, but it, this is a large aspect of imaginal work that we're kind of visiting this in between space and finding things that want to be expressed. And that this is itself part of the renewal of the sacred. It is how. The sacred renews itself through us. You'll find this idea sometimes, even in like the sciences and especially in the arts that people don't have ideas, ideas have people. The ideas that find us, particularly in these in-between states, and even saying ideas isn't quite right, but the stuff that comes to us, that wants expression, that wants to move through us, it's important. It's part of what we're here for, is to keep translating that into our reality, into our lives, into our relationships, into whatever it is that we are here
1: to express. What are some near enemies of this idea and far enemies?
0: Yeah, near enemies seems fairly obvious to me. I guess it would just be like making shit
1: up, basically.
0: (laughs) So... Yeah, we're here to renew the sacred, right? So I had a dream that I'm an ancient Lemurian priestess who went to war with Atlantis, and also I was a pharaoh at some point, and I'm talking to all these ascended masters who are telling me that I need to be worshipped at the moment, so we should probably go with all of that, and that is real and true, and we're good. We're just going to reify that and stick with that now, and pin down the world around that, instead of one of these old ways of pinning it down. Here's my new, fresh way of pinning it down. (laughs) But, yeah, just like this making... I don't even want to say making things up, because that makes it sound very... lying-y, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be. There's just kind of this move of... I guess related to what I've called visionary materialism before, where you just start dipping into these experiences. You have images and scenes and journeying material come up and you just get so excited about it immediately that you start taking a lot of it at face value, not really going deeper, not really, you know, getting underneath the personal and cultural layers of these things. You don't continue exploring. You just find the first thing and go, yep, there we, there we go. We're allowed to renew the sacred. And thus I am a reincarnated Pharaoh who needs to, you know, whatever it is. Like, so I guess certain types of cults would be the near enemy of this. We're allowed to renew the sacred. So I'm going to renew it. However, the hell I want. Right. And then far enemy would just be what I've talked about. Earlier, this pinning down move where there's a quote from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, more about the government than religion. But it applies here. They they say something like, The, you know, the government of today has no right to tell us how to live our lives, because the government of two hundred years ago already did. (laughs) Similar thing here, where you know, the mystics of today have no right to bring forth new expressions of the sacred to bring forth new ways of finding the sacred in our culture and in our time and so on because the mystics of 800 years ago or 2,500 years ago or however long ago already did. So that job's done. We don't need any more of that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the far enemy, that pinning down move in the distant past and abdicating the constant renewal of the sacred.
1: What does this look like in your life?
0: What? does this look like in my life? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the time it just looks like what you see, essentially a number of my, you know, my best tweets and articles and a lot of the best things that I've expressed have come from this, where I, you know, come out of a morning meditation and go, okay, there's something here that needs to be like, there's an itch somewhere and I need to turn towards the expression space. And let whatever is scratching at the door through and let it come through and see how it wants to express itself. And then it comes out and I see it. I'm like, oh yeah, excellent. (laughs) Excellent expression of the sacred. We're doing great. And then other times there's more disappointing results. And then other times I can like very much feel that I'm just saying words or that I'm just expressing a frustration with something or. You know, so it moves in and out. Like, I'm not going to pretend that this is some constant living in flow in my life. But when it does happen, what it looks like is just my normal life, which a lot of it is... This part is frustrating to me, actually. (laughs) A lot of it in the moment and for the past year or two, although this has been going away, but for a year or two here, a big part of what has wanted to come through and what has wanted to be expressed is expressing to others that they can go down and find things needing expression for themselves, that they don't need to stay up in their heads all the time trying to think through what the perfect thing to say and the perfect thing to do are, that they can drop into their own being and that there's all these ways available to just drop into your own body, into your own soma, to visit these in-between spaces of consciousness and find what wants to pour itself through you, right? And part of this, I'm very glad that I've been able to express some of this in ways that seem to resonate really well with a lot of people. I get, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me (laughs) that they wouldn't resonate with other things that are like what I say, but that for whatever reason, when I wrote this tweet or that article or said this particular thing to them, it landed and it gave them a way in. And I take zero credit for that. It is very much just whatever has poured itself through me in that moment knew what needed to be done, knew what needed to be said. Which is great, (laughs) but I'm also very happy that that aspect seems to be fading more lately because there is a very real aspect of it like I want to be doing the thing more in ways that are not related to the thing, you know? So, like, I want the stuff pouring through me to be less related to helping more things pour through other people, right? I just want to open, open the floodgates of the imaginal and find, oh, wow. There's a, I don't know, a company in there or a novel that I need to like write and craft and find my way through or holy crap. I need to learn to play the banjo. I have an insatiable Eros towards learning the banjo now. And yeah, it does feel like more of these things are coming up lately. So I'm both very grateful that the way it has looked a lot in the past is expressing to other people how they can find these ways to renew the sacred, and also very happy that it seems like it's switching gears more towards, I'm just going to be making art and doing stuff and being more present in my relationships and shaping my home environment in ways that feel more nurturing and alive for me. And I'm very happy to see things moving in that direction for me. hmm
1: Say someone hears this phrase and is inspired by it, what might they do practically to renew the sacred in their life? Yeah, the first thing would be, I mean, yeah, the first
0: thing for me always is get in touch with your body so that you have that discernment to notice what is coming through you and what is just conditioning or whatever else it's going to be. So finding that somatic resonance is really I mean, yeah, I got to stay on brand. It's always comes back to somatic resonance. That is a foundation that just gives you the navigation and discernment that you need to notice where are you renewing the sacred? Where are things flowing? What's happening? And where do things not feel right? And beyond that, it is really good to notice where renewal feels illegal to you, either like personally to you or to your friend group, your subculture, culture, time, whatever. Find the places where you and or the people around you are just defaulting to trusting what is already there. And there's no real movement to add anything new, to break it down and re-express. No way of allowing yourself to feel into what is beneath the words, beneath the expression, beneath the form that it has taken. And instead, there's just these attempts to stay with the form it has already taken, don't question it, don't look at it, don't change it, whatever, right? And once you've noticed these areas that feel illegal around this, that feel just impossible, like there's no way to do it, try to find the pattern beneath them. See if you can dive into the truth beneath the truism, right? There's these things that we hold as true and that just can't really be tinkered with. And maybe, and you don't need to just like smash it from the top down. That's, you know, the thing that teenagers tend to do. We tend to look at all of these truths that have accrued and just start smashing them and running in the opposite direction. There's a, there are many more sensitive approaches to this, one of which is, yeah, trying to look at these truths that maybe don't resonate with you or that feel suspiciously stiff and solid to you, and see if you can sense beneath them. Really drop into the body, drop into your heart, drop into yourself, and find the living active truth that underlies the particular form it's taken. And this can be really helpful for just noticing that it is a much more flexible and vibrant truth than the thing, than the form that it has currently taken is willing to show or willing to countenance. And from there, a lot of next steps kind of just appear to you. So if you can drop into the body, drop into noticing where the renewal of the sacred is not happening, where this holding in place move is pretty active in your life and around you from there you'll start to just notice ways that things want to be renewed they will come to you if you invite them in re-expressions and renewals will just start showing up in your life Hmm. Hmm.
1: yeah while you're talking earlier i had the sense of like i feel like it could be a trap with this to like Go and read a bunch of Jung or Hillman or like listen to Perbea and like or Midgley or whoever and then like never make something yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think, I think you've, you've avoided. And I don't know, but I, I think it seems possible to just like nerd out about the imaginal or mythic stuff or, you know, the spiritual or very sacred traditions and like almost get interested in it on like a book level. It's like, or the idea of it and really bringing it without really bringing it into your own life in a certain way.
0: Yeah, that's, that's been on my mind a lot lately for a few reasons, but particularly the AI stuff, the yeah, basically I think a lot of the generative AI stuff is most comparable to a giant pile of books, right? And with ancient religions, new religions, whatever. There's always the danger that you're going to just dive into this giant pile of books and never resurface for air, right? There's the stereotype of the dude with 50 meditation manuals on his shelf who has meditated like three hours total, right? <laughs> he just keeps reading and reading and reading about it and never actually doing it. And you can do the same thing with, you know, I bought these, this new gratitude journal and it sits on the shelf forever. And, I heard great things about internal family systems and you get all the guys' books and try it out two or three times, never go much further with it. Or you learn Sanskrit and Pali to read all the ancient Buddhist texts or you learn Aramaic to get, dive deep into old biblical stuff and you never end up applying this stuff to your life. You never end up living it, right? In a way, that's kind of its own... Its tone like pinning down move, right? Where all of the stuff must be set down in this book, written down in text, and I can get it from there as opposed to just actually going within and finding the thing there. A lot of the time, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get too far into a bunch of that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like Berbea, Midgley, Hillman, all these Great writers, great texts, great ways of getting into this stuff. But the same as with old texts, it's, you can very easily just turn it into an intellectual exercise that you keep working on and keep working on, and you never actually do anything. You never actually find something beneath words that needs expression from you. You never improve your relationships, or yeah, you just never renew the sacred. You never let any of that pour itself through you. You just like the books, and it's a fun intellectual exercise to toy around with. Very
1: easy to fall into, for sure. Is there anything else you'd want to say about this phrase and what it means to you? I cannot
0: overemphasize enough how much this is a bottom-up type thing. Like, there's not thinking and ideation and concept in Renewing the Sacred, Until like the very last stages, if at all, it really begins as something like incredibly subtle beneath the body, if that makes sense, like under the level of the very subtle, subtle sense of the body up into the body, into the heart, into the mind, into the soul. Really like the last stop in expression is words and concepts and writing and speaking around this. So when we find ourselves just shuffling around with words for a lot, that's a pretty good signal to yeah, t- step back, move down beneath words, touch back in with what's actually there, and not even need to express it. Like, there's no need for the sacred to be verbally or artistically expressed. Sometimes its renewal is just you noticing it integrating it, moving through your life with it. Like, you might just dwell on one of these insights for a few weeks as it keeps coming back to you throughout the day, and it might subtly shift the way that you experience your day, maybe your relationships here and there, but you never actually talk about it, write about it, make any art about it, have midnight discussions with your buddies about it. None of that. That type of conceptual ideation, that type of verbal top-level expression, never even needs to happen. Right? And maybe later in life, maybe after 30 years of sitting with these insights, suddenly a uh, the perfect set of poems will pour through you and just unleash upon the world a new wave of insight and presence and on and on and on. Right? And you're just, you're the new roomie or that never, ever happens. And you, all that happens is that you keep meditating. You keep noticing your life around you and sitting with it, being present with it. And you just live your life in a way that honors this renewal of the sacred that's been happening inside of you.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks so much for sharing this phrase with the world and for talking to me about it it's been nice to hear more about how you understand it
0: yeah thanks for taking the mic man Mm -hmm. and that is today's episode we are here to renew the sacred if you want to know more about me all my stuff is in the show notes as it is in the show notes of every episode and if you want to know more about our lovely interviewer today tashin i'm going to include his twitter and his website in the show notes as well See you next time.